Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Welcome to this episode. We're talking all about how to attract high-paying clients without being on social media constantly. Now, if you're anything like me as an introvert, I really, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. We've done episodes on social media before. We'll link them up below in the show notes for you as well. But show um, show notes, social media is great because you get to pick and choose, right? You get to pick and choose which platform, the frequency, when you show up, how you show up. And it can be a way for you to kind of set it and forget it. But that being said, social media really works best when you are, guess what? Social. So how do you balance this off, right? This yin and yang, this black and white of, I need to be on social media because I want to create brand presence, awareness, credibility, authority, have a body of work for people to refer to, you know, so that people can check me out. But at the same time, I don't want social media to run my life because you might be using it already for your personal interactions, your personal relationships. And then you're thinking, gosh, if I'm on there for my business as well, then am I going to be constantly tied to my phone or my desktop, you know, my computer? Am I going to be constantly run by all of these different social media apps that I'm going to need to keep up with, pay attention to, become an expert in, and really just spending too much time going down the rabbit trail of not knowing where your business starts and you begin or vice versa. So if that sounds familiar, if that sounds like something that you're wondering about, and more importantly, that you know that it can be a super valuable tool to use in order to find clients, but you're just not sure how to do this in a way that makes sense for you so that you can still live your life, still have time for yourself and the things that your business is supposed to support while at the same time finding and utilizing it for your high paying clients, your best clients, right? Those dream clients that we all want. So I'm going to talk about three specific components in today's episode. So now's the time, grab your paper, grab your pen, grab your phone, take out your notes. Um, We're going to get, get going with this. So the very first thing that is super important And I'm not going to dive into which platforms to use, any specific tactics, that sort of thing. Today is really dialing in this whole idea of how do you attract your high paying clients? So the concept of you don't have to spend, you know, 24 seven on social media is really like the undercurrent, but I'm not going to tie into that too, too deeply because I think the more important component that we really want to focus on is how do you attract those high paying clients, right? So number one, you need to know who is your high paying client. 
And more importantly, because you're going to probably have, you know, of all the people in the world that you could help, that you can help, that your services, your products, that your programs actually deliver results for, you're going to go a little bit more narrow, right? And so there's going to be out of all of those people, I mean, there were 7 billion people on the planet, you probably can help a lot of them. But really and truly, you shouldn't try to target all of them, because when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And right here, right now, for high paying clients in particular, most of them are not going to want to be lumped in with the mass market. Okay, most of them, and I'm making some generalities here, broad strokes. So take that with a grain of salt, as you will, that they don't want to be in a you know, a non-exclusive arrangement, so to speak. They worked either hard or they have come into where they are because of luck, circumstance, opportunity, whatever the case may be. But I know having worked with millionaires, multimillionaires, billionaires, and everyone in between, that when you're talking about high paying clients in particular, there are certain nuances and idiosyncrasies that we just need to be mindful of but this is good business sense because it applies really to every single type of market that you're going to be working with. High paying clients in particular, this is even, even more apparent. So you really have to be dialed in. So you need to know who your best paying client is, your best high paying client. So again, everybody that you could help, big bucket. Then you have your high paying client bucket, which is still going to be probably a bigger pool than you would think, okay? And then out of that bucket, then you have your best high-paying client. The one that thinks that you are the bee's knees, the best thing since sliced bread. I'm not gonna keep going with the cliches, but I think you get my point, right? So out of that subset, you're going to have people that are thinking, well, gosh, where where have you been all my life? That's exactly what I, I need and I want. And if you can deliver, Boom, done. They're the ones that are going to get the best results with you because instead of a lot of pushback and rejecting your theories, your concept, your strategies, being uncoachable, that they are going to be right on board because it's directly in line with what they value the most and how they want to get things done. So they value your expertise. They see that you know what you're talking about and they want the results that you've been able to demonstrate. Your best paying clients are the cream of the crop, not only for um, your market, but really specifically for you. So they may not work well with other people. That's totally fine. But for you and your methodology, your framework, your IP, your brilliance, your genius of how you express your, your gift to the world, that is really determined by your best paying client. So chances are, if you feel like your gift hasn't been fully realized and tapped into, that you probably haven't found your best high-paying client. Now, I'm going to give you two analogies here to explain this in a little bit more detail because everything else hinges on this main point. Number one is probably the most important part of the entire episode that I'm going to share with you today because number two and three um, relies on it. Okay, so if you don't get this right, then two and three are equally important, but it's dependent on number one. Okay, so 
I'll give you an example of when I was in corporate, and then I'll give you an example of now in my business. Because I think they're both relevant and they give you different perspectives depending on where you're at in your life and or business. So back in corporate as a high-performing sales coach, I was a sales leader, right? I managed hundreds of people over my career and I got to see all sorts of individuals in a sales role. Now, I'm grateful that we had processes and systems in place. And then I developed my own frameworks and methodologies within that context to be able to train people really well so that I created sales superstars, basically taking them from scratch and being able to generate multiple seven figures within a year. That was the goal. And that was the expectation. We were the company that I worked for was a high performance culture, meaning it just bred high performers. There was the expectation that if you worked for that company, high performance was the minimum expectation. So just a little context there, okay? So we already were cultivating this whole mentality of being around other people that would be considered my high-paying client. So in this scenario, my high-paying client were my team. They were the employees that I managed and I led and that I trained in order to create and cultivate them into being better performers. So as I evaluated, as I did every quarter and really every year, there were superstars that stood head and and feet above the rest. Those were the people that I spent my time with because I'm gonna tell you right now, and anybody that's been in a leadership position right now or in the past, because as an owner of your business, you are a leader right? You are the CEO, you wear that leadership hat every single day, even if it's just yourself that you're managing, you need to lead yourself. So I would see that if I spent an hour or two hours with my top performing people, that that went so much farther because they would get so much better results than my lowest performer. They were still, remember, we were always considered, my teams were high performers. So there was a minimum expectation of high performance, but the ones that were at the minimum level versus those that were at the top 1%, it somehow didn't matter how much more time that I spent, their results didn't correspond, okay? So if I put an hour in for a top client, right, my best performing sales team member, they got way better results. That's what I'm talking about for your best high-paying client. Your best high-paying client, and it's not really about the time, right? Because hear me out. If I did an hour, that amount of, of time with my best performer, I would maybe have to spend five to 10 hours to get the same kinds of results. So my time versus return just didn't make any sense. And oftentimes in our business, if we're spending way too much time because your area of expertise is really more in line with your best paying client, that's who you need to focus on. The ones where you actually spend less time, less coaching, less development, because they just get it, because they're more willing, they either have a higher degree of competence or aptitude, and they're willing to do what you require of them. That's who your best high paying client is. Okay, and now you're going to have to define those boundaries for yourself based off of your area of expertise. That is something that I work with clients in, especially inside the resources for my inner circle sales mastery society. Okay, so if that's something that you need help with, we'll put the links down below for you as well. So 
you can see that it's super important, right? So how did this apply in my business? Well, at the very early stages and really at all stages, I'm constantly evaluating because as you up-level or evolve and start to change some of the things that you do to improve and enhance, which I hope you're constantly doing because as a business owner, if we don't grow, if we don't improve, the saying goes that we're dying, right? So as I look all the time at who gets the best results with me, I will say that there are the, the clients that are getting the best results are usually the ones that I spend the least amount of time with. Now, that being said, when they need help and support, I'm all in and I still am there the same as I would for a client who maybe is not as matched up and dialed in with where my gifts and my skill sets lie. It just means that those particular clients, they're not quite the best of the best, meaning not a reflection of who they are or how they operate. It's more a reflection of where they're at and where my gifts best serve them. There's a little bit of a mismatch. And that means that I have to be willing to put in a little bit more time and effort to upskill them so that they come up to where they need to be in order to get the best use out of my, my juice, my, my genius, my gifts that God has given to me. And I make the choice then that there may be a range, right? Where there's, you know, maybe it's 95% to 120%. That's kind of my sweet spot where I have a set criteria that you need to be able to meet in order to qualify. And it's not really about being elitist. It's about knowing this is how my gifts operate and this is who I serve best because otherwise it's going to be very frustrating. And I will say at the early stages of my business, when I lacked confidence and I was learning so many different things and I really didn't pay attention to the fact that my true gifts and, and genius is in working with the same people that I did in corporate, high performers, super ambitious, and individuals who are used to doing really, really well, but for whatever reason, is not able to break through the level that they're at. They, they've plateaued and they need to break through. I unlock and activate the next level that they can actually see for themselves with strategic and tactical components and a little bit of a little extra salt and saltman in there too. So I had to, along the way, let go of some clients that didn't fit because I kept banging my head against the wall. Now, hear me out. They were great clients. They were high paying clients. They had a lot of these clients had paid multiple five figures in order to work with me. And yet when I sat back and looked objectively at Am I actually following my own advice? And I was wondering, like, why does it feel so hard? It shouldn't feel hard when you're working with your best clients. It should feel easy and effortless. And like you are just skimming the surface all the time instead of like dog paddling and working like, like a dog to try and stay afloat. Okay. That's not where your gift lies. So number two. So once you know who your best high paying client is, then number two, you exclude the rest. You have to be able to say no. This is where you have to have faith and focus in knowing that if you start to accept everybody, especially in the earlier stages when you're really, really trying to lock this in, 
that remember what I said about high paying clients in particular, and then your best high paying clients, they typically don't want to be lumped in with the mass market. They don't want to know that you have, you know, a thousand clients that they're one in a million. Like that's just not appealing to typically a premium client, right? The best high paying client. So when you think about for yourself, are you saying yes to opportunities to work with individuals who you know don't really qualify, who you know that don't really fit, but either because of circumstance or situation, you're needing the money, you need to build up your client base that you're willing to sacrifice in the short term to build up for the long term. I will say that I think this actually harms you more than it helps you. Because when you consistently give signs out to the universe, and really other people notice, and it impacts your energy. I actually had a client inside of Sales Mastery Society that ended up having a blessing in disguise. She said, oh my gosh, it, did I manifest this? I've been trying to get higher level, like enterprise level clients. So just for context and language, uh, she works with B2B, business to business, corporate clients, but she wants enterprise level. Enterprise level is a larger component of the corporate landscape than small and medium sized businesses. Okay. Even micro businesses. She wants enterprise, which are kind of like the apples and the Googles of the world. They're big companies, right? But in working with some of these smaller companies, she had put out a clear signal that, hey, I'm willing to accept less than. I'm willing to still have somebody else pay my bills and help them because she's great at what she does, but she's finding it very frustrating because the value that she gives is at an enterprise level. That's the language that she speaks. And yet, because she was interacting day to day with this client who is a great client, but just not great for her, her language and her energy and her approach and all of the things that she was doing for them, with them, was not quite right. And as a result, that energetic match was what she was putting out. I know that's a little on the woo-woo side, so bear with me, but I have a point to this. When we are exposed to something over and over and over again, it really limits our view on what we have as an open opportunity. And if you are working towards working with a high paying client and really creating that exclusive experience for them, and yet now instead of making it exclusive, you're making it super inclusive with way too many people. And as a result, your messaging, your marketing, and your sales process is getting a little muddy in the mix because it's not designed for your perfect fit client, then it's going to make it really hard for you to continue to attract the ones that you want. Okay, that's when it becomes the clients are just dollar bills, money in your bank account, and you're dissatisfied with the kinds of results that you're getting. Going more narrow and having the faith and the focus to exclude the people that don't qualify I know it's really hard, but it is required, especially if you're trying to build a business of your dreams that is full of dream clients that can sometimes feel like you're searching for a magical unicorn out there in the online space, especially on social media. So when you speak the language of your ideal premium client, you don't have to be on social media all the time. You actually will find them everywhere you go, whether you are interacting with somebody at the you know, the grocery store or at a PTA meeting or uh, just out and about, 
or as you're going through and interacting with individuals on other social media, whether it is through the people that you follow, your influencers and, and your people that you look up to, or you're learning from, or on your own pages and your own platforms. So that's number two, exclude the rest. Number three, then you price according to the result and what your specific market values. So based off of your best high paying client, what is that? What is the result that you provide, the transformation of your products or services, your programs and your offers? What's the value of that? What's the value, right? And I'm not saying that you have to overcharge, not at all, because I am not a fan of that. I'm a fan of making sure that you price according to the value. And oftentimes we undervalue, we undercharge because we're scared, because we're just not sure if we can. And I'm not talking about price gouging. I'm not talking about creating a 100K offer, which I've worked with clients on, or even a million dollar offer for the sake of just adding some extra zeros to the end. I'm talking about really being able to fulfill an experience or an outcome, a result that is worthy and valuable to that individual paying. Why would you pay $100,000? Now, if you've never invested or bought anything for $100,000, it doesn't even matter if it's something related to your business. It may be hard for you to identify why other people would pay. But I have had people who literally have paid me tens of thousands of dollars simply to make a problem go away, simply to take care of a situation and handle it so that they didn't have to. Because the money was really inconsequential compared to the amount of time and the headache, the stress and the energy that they would have had to take in order to fix it on their own. So the problems that you solve need to be so valuable that somebody else can't imagine doing it. And they would rather pay you or they would rather pay you to get your help in order to remove it or to relieve the pressure. Okay. So again, there's going to be varying stages and varying degrees, depending on how you work with clients, how your packages are set up, what your offer looks like. These are all things that we talk about inside of Sales Mastery Society. But for right here, right now, these three things, right? Starting with knowing who your best high paying client is, excluding the rest, and then pricing according to the results and the transformation and what your market truly values. You can see here that already when you speak the language of business, specifically related to your ideal clients, the dream ones that you want to work with, then you don't have to be on social media all the time because they're going to find you however you need to. So whether, I mean, there's a million ways to find clients. You don't have to use social media. Social media just happens to be one that is free, especially for organic strategies. And it is low barrier to entry. It's very simple. But that being said, it can be a huge headache and a hassle if you feel like you're chained to it 24 seven and you don't even know how to use it, utilize it properly. So again, this is not a social media um, uh, episode where we're diving into like the how to's again, selling on social is something that I break down inside of sales mastery society. But for right here, what I want you to know is that when you speak the language that your ideal clients want and they know to be true and they want to listen to the anytime that you're on social media and yes, there's things around the algorithm and all that kind of stuff. But all that being said, 
If your ideal clients are looking for somebody like you and you speak their specific language because you're laser clear on who that is and what you can do for them and how you can help them, you're clear on the value, you stand in that authority and you have the confidence to deliver that, then they're going to pay attention. They're going to be on alert and standing up. And there's going to be other people that aspire to be like your ideal clients who are also going to start following you and paying attention. And it's important for you to know the difference because those individuals may need to wait a period of time or they may need to kind of grow up. And I hate using that language, but I don't know how else to describe it so that it's kind of very quick and easy to to get. They may need to do some things first before they actually are at the best point where you can work with them and help them the best way that you can. The only one that will know that is you. But the language that you speak is going to draw them in. That's how it becomes magnetic. That's how it becomes irresistible. Not just your offer, but ultimately you become irresistible to your ideal clients such that they're looking for you on social media. They begin to engage with you on social media. They want to have conversations and connect with you because they know you, they like you, they trust you. And when the time is right, they are going to buy from you and they may already be reaching out and saying, how do I work with you? Um, Do you have, like, what do you have? That's when you know that you have found your best high paying client. When clients already know the value and they've said, you're never getting rid of me. I will never leave because I know how much value you provide. What else do you have coming up? I want to be prepared for that. I want to know what to be on the lookout for, right? So when you start to do this, That's how easy it becomes to just maintain the clients that you already have. And you don't have to work twice or three times or even four times harder than you need to because you speak a specific language that really is like a dog whistle to your best clients that will pay you without blinking an eye. And again, I'm saying this because I know if you're listening, you have the chops to deliver what it is that you do. And if this is an area that you're struggling with, Again, there's resources inside of Sales Mastery Society, but go down and we'll link up a couple of the episodes that may be helpful for you around this. Because if you don't believe in yourself, it's going to be really hard for your ideal clients, especially premium high paying clients to know enough about you to believe that you can deliver and command the prices that you want to command. Okay, so this is a jam packed episode. I hope this was helpful for you. This was in response to a question from my audience and loyal listener, Deanna. So Deanna, this one was for you. I hope this was helpful for you. And I thank you so much for the question because it is so good. And I think has helped so many people who might be thinking the exact same thing. So if you have questions, hit me up on the podcast page. Uh, Just click the link below. And it will take you right there and you can leave me a voice message or you can send me a message over on the Instagrams, in my DMs. Let me know what's your biggest issue right now with sales. And if I can help you with an upcoming episode, I definitely will. But if there's something that you know that you need more help and support with specifically, I invite you to come inside of Sales Mastery Society where there's tons of resources to help you in just about any area of your business related to sales, related to getting clear in your message and making sure that those offers are irresistible in the way that you show up for your ideal clients, whether you use social media 
or any other method that is completely aligned to you. So go to salesmasterysociety.com. We would love to see you on the inside and uh, we will we will talk to you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time. Thank you.